Hello, welcome everybody to episode 38. Uh, my co-host Annika has not shown up yet. Hello, might welcome have been a little everybody. bit confused about the time because I think we just had our daylight savings uh, roll forward or whatever. Uh, and this is not the usual time we do the show because our guest, Sargon of Akkad, is in England. So he, uh, we're doing the show on Saturday so that we can work out the time zone difference. Uh, hello, Sargon. How are you? Hi, I'm really good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited, actually, because uh, I've been YouTubing for a long time, and you were one of my sort of inspirations, you know, a big influence on me in... Uh, just starting off on doing social commentary and stuff like that. And we've never had a chance to talk before. So this is really exciting for me. Yeah, I've been following your social media presence for quite some time. Uh, you've, you've always been quite uh, reliable on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So I do have uh, a couple topics I want to go over with you. Before we get to that, uh, let me just do the sp- sponsorship you know what's funny though i don't have a two-person sponsor thing set up in obs but i do have this so i'll use this okay so today's episode is oh it looks messed up on the uh the cams but that's all right we'll just plow through this today's episode is brought to us by bitlevix which is a bitcoin options trading platform uh, if you don't know about options trading, it's not as complicated as it actually sounds. And when you register on Bitlevix, you'll get a call from one of their representatives who will offer to take you through a Zoom meeting and explain to you and walk you through making your initial investments. Uh, that's all free and optional, of course, but they representatives will work with you because they want you to succeed because uh, the more you invest, the more money everyone makes. So it creates a mutually beneficial relationship. And if you sign up through the link in the description, you'll get a 50% bonus on your initial deposit. So if you deposit $300, they'll give you $150 extra to invest. That's the kind of deal you're not going to get anywhere else. So check out bitlevix.com. Use the link in the description for the bonus. And thanks to them for sponsoring the show. I'm going to have to fix that sharing screen if Annika doesn't show up soon. But um, anyway, so uh, you and I, I think, probably agree on a fair amount of things. But people are going to be more interested in to hear the things that we disagree on and discuss that. So one of the topics I wanted to raise with you... This one goes to something I heard you say a while ago, so I'm not sure if you've maybe changed your position on this, but there was some kind of controversy or non-troversy. I don't remember exactly, but a guy named, I think, Devin or Short Fat Otaku made mm -hmm. a video where he gave the argument that pornography is free speech. And then I remember you making a video around the same time where you said that you essentially agreed with that assessment is that something you still believe in? Because I, I disagree with that completely. Well, I mean, I've never given it too much thought. But yeah, I'd say that taking a photograph of yourself or creating pornographic material of yourself and then uploading that to the internet or doing whatever it is you want to do with it 
constitutes free expression, a part of which is free speech. Well, there's a, so there's a few things here. What, one of the first and like strongest arguments I would make about this is that for me, if it's not something you can do, say in public, then it's not really free speech. You know, I, I try to think of like, what is the most sort of extreme example of free speech that I can think of? One of the things that comes to mind, there was a guy, this was a while ago, there was a guy like holding a sign that said, you deserve rape. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a very big fan of that chap's activism. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I, you know what? Right. Just uh, as a quick side, I actually had that clip of him going. It's called free speech. You're communist. I'm not even going to say the word now because you're not allowed. Right. And he's got the sign saying you deserve rape, and that was the thumbnail of him leaning in on the clip that I had on my Thinkery channel. And it was only literally like two weeks ago. I it, it came up in the recommended, and I was like, Christ, I better take that down. <laughs> like, like you can't have that on YouTube these days it used to be way more permissive yeah it's definitely changed quickly yeah. over the last year but so i think of that as an example of you know hmm. one of the things that i always think about is like and i have young children i know you have young children then there's things that hmm. like i don't want them to be exposed to but there has to be a balancing act of somebody else's rights versus like like where did those things like clash and if it's something like that for me as a parent, it would be like, well, let me just get my kids out of here. This isn't an appropriate scene for them. But I can't say to that guy, hey, you can't do that. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm interested in your view that it's about being in public, because that's not the view of like the Scottish government, basically. Uh, the, the right to free speech is actually not something you can have uh, really in Scotland anymore because they can even invade your home now. So I'm, I'm thinking as if you were in a, a political club, right? You, you'd gone some, you know, political club where you sit down, you have a few drinks, you talk politics with other like-minded people. And they used to have these clubs all the time, like, you know, through the 18th and 19th centuries. Um, that you, you're not in public per se, because these are private members only clubs, but it, I think it is somewhere that you should still have free speech. Uh, in fact, it seems there it might be more useful than elsewhere because you might have a, a sensitive subject that you're talking about, something like that, that other people might legitimately see as a political threat and want political censorship. Um, so I, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be in public, but uh, the, the question of pornography, I mean, it's... I, I think that we don't need to be autistic about saying, well, it's my right, therefore, if you're not letting me have sex with my boyfriend in the middle of the street during this pride parade, then you're infringing my free speech. I think that we can agree there are times and places for things that are proper and improper, for if, and we can draw on our sort of social context for that. And I, I think that's okay as well. Like, I don't, I'm not actually angry with Gab saying we don't want pornography on our platform. Uh, we want to be a family-friendly platform. It, I like... Okay, you know, I appreciate that it's not like free speech absolutism in the most autistic sense of it, but I can also understand from like just a social perspective why someone wouldn't want pornography on their platform, like if they want to be family friendly or something. I can understand that. Yeah, actually, that was the original thing that kicked off the debate, wasn't it? Was Andrew Torba saying we're not going to let porn on yeah. Gab and oh, he's a hypocrite because it's supposed to be free speech. But here's the thing. If you can't say it in public, then how can you call it free speech? It's obviously restricted <laughs> if it can't be done in public. That seems well, sort of obvious to me. That's that's definitely one way of looking at it. And it, it does kind of come down to certain... I mean, I don't, I don't even say like hypocrisies because that seems to be um, going too gently on it. Because it is definitely 
like something of a hypocrisy to say that oh yeah you can't have sex in public or you can't produce you know show porn in public therefore it's you're you don't have free speech or that means that pornography doesn't fall under the category of free speech um and there, there definitely is a contradiction there. Um, but I think that we have to remember that there are lots of different things that pull on us morally, like in day-to-day -day life. And one of those things is a care for the sanctity of children. And part of the care of the sanctity of children is not exposing them to sex and sexuality uh, from an early age. <clears throat> from an early age. And so if that's a concern we have as a value, then that contradicts with porn being free speech in the public square and so we have to choose one or the other and that seems to be what andrew torber's sort of stuck on right um and i don't think it's unreasonable to say that we can go for the family friendly and you can create um separate spaces in particular for pornography i don't think that's unreasonable and in fact i think most people would agree with it right because it's like, yeah I, I mean do you really want like you know hardcore porn when you're f scrolling through facebook you know when you look at your mum's status and the one below it, it's like some guy going in some girl's ass like you know there are times and places right but the the problem i think would be is if the platforms for pornography were being restricted you know the the spaces this sort of you know if you set up some den of iniquity you know i mean i think you should be free to do it but i don't think it's a good idea going there things like that so i think that uh like from an american perspective because they have kind of the most freedom and the strongest constitution mm -hmm. and the strongest protections of speech. Do you not think that a, a politician should be able to run on a platform that says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to ban porn or we're going to restrict it in certain ways, whatever, maybe we're just going to like make rules against certain acts or something like that. Cause if you're saying mm -hmm. it's free speech, that's effectively what you're saying, right? You're saying that this can't be uh, impeded by the government, but, you know, it's, it's not just the creation of the porn. There's the, this commercial sale and distribution mm -hmm. of it. And I don't, in my reading of the Constitu Constitution, I don't see how you can claim that that's protected and that there would be something like a violation of your rights. If we democratically say we vote for a guy who says, hey, we're going to change this, we're going to tone it down or whatever, Right. Should it, isn't that the point of democracy for the will of the people to be able to decide what they want culturally and socially? Yeah, but I mean, theoretically, you don't want just the tyranny of the majority. And if if like in let's use the American context and say if a, if a Supreme Court judge rules that and they probably have ruled on this before, I just, I'm just not aware of it, uh, that pornography, as we understand it in the sort of layman context, is a form of free speech then you, I don't think you'd be able to use free speech as an argument to get rid of pornography from the public square. I, I'm not sure I follow you. Well, like, it, if a US court were to rule that pornography is a form of free speech, then that means you're probably not going to be able to elect someone in America who would be able to just remove pornography from American life because that would be a violation of constitutional rights. Right. Well, that I mean, that ruling hasn't happened to the best of my knowledge. I made a video saying yeah, it's not I'm free not speech and people tried to refer me to a court case, a Supreme Court case where a guy uh, mailed like pamphlets to people with mm. pornographic images. This was like junk mail advertising his sex <clears throat> shop, whatever. And he was charged with obscenity laws under the obscenity laws. And he fought it all the way to the Supreme Court where he lost the case. Hmm. 
You know, and what and was it, the uh, what was the the reason that he lost? Just out of interest. Uh, it was considered obscene material being sent through the mail, which is covered under the obscenity laws. Right. Okay. And uh, in Texas, they recently uh, made a law against sending unsolicited dick pics, where you can get fined if you do that. If the person reports you for doing that, right? Which actually, I agree with. Actually, like sure. I don't. Yeah. So it, so it sounds like you agree that it's not free speech then. Well, is, is sending somebody is, a dick pic unsolicited, right? Because like if you're saying yeah. that you can't do that and the government should crack down on you, then how is it free speech? Well, like I said, uh, these things can contradict. Uh, the, I think these things can contradict. Um, it's just the nature of life. It's a, it's a complex, messy world, I'm afraid. Um, I think that um, you probably could make the argument, though, that it is my free speech to be able to upload a naked picture of myself to the internet. Like, I think that could be made under a, a free speech argument. And it's only obscenity laws that come into it. But the thing is, obscenity laws are appealing to something that isn't talking about a natural right. You know, obscenity laws is talking, is appealing to particular cultural and social standards, moral sort of standards. So it's not really as simple as saying, well, that's not free speech. It might well be free speech in the technical term, uh, and it might not violate any particular free speech provisions, but it does violate our moral provisions, our obscenity provisions. And that seems to be how it's being got, right? Yeah, I agree that it would probably be really difficult, well nigh impossible to stop people from producing their own like amateur porn, even if they, I don't, I don't know about uploading it to the video necessarily, but, or the, the internet, because the, the, now you're distributing it, which is you're kind of adding an extra layer onto mm -hmm. it. There might be restrictions against that, but I think, feel like certainly the commercial distribution is something that could be regulated. I mean, it, it already is in the sense that Children under 18 are not supposed to have <laughs> yeah. access to it in theory, right? So we already know there, yeah. there's uh, regulations. So what, what, are, you, are you arguing for the we should ban porn, are you? Well, no, I don't think that's really a battle that's even worth waging because it's so it's such a pipe dream. <laughs> I don't think you're going to win it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I will say this. If there was two politicians and all else being equal, but one of them wanted to ban porn... I would vote for the guy who wanted to ban porn, right? I will say that. I think I think a better way to frame it wouldn't be talking in terms of banning, because I think that you'd, you'd lose the free speech argument, right? And you'd probably also lose the pragmatic argument, and I think that that would make people think uh, that you are wrong. And I don't think you're wrong in the sense that I'm receiving from what you're saying is porn is a vice, right? And vices are things you should probably try to avoid. And so it would be better to legislate against vices if we can. Is that correct? Yes. I, so I agree with you. And I don't, if, that, if that scenario somehow manifested, I don't think the banning porn guy would get most votes. But if he did, <laughs> then we wouldn't be losing the argument at, at that point, right? Sure. In, but, in theory. But it's I, never going to happen. I, I'm just saying. I, I strongly suspect that if it came to a full-on porn ban, the, the Supreme Court of the United States would probably side on the it's free speech to create pornography of yourself. I, th I think they'd side on that. I agree with what you just said, but for me, it would say you can create it, but you don't have the right to commercially distribute it. I think that's something that could be banned. This is kind of like I, a I, slightly I, nuanced thing, but... Again, I, I mean, I'm not for banning porn, but I think that even if you do 
try to do that. There'll probably be some sort of First Amendment argument made that in the United States would be successful. But but again, like I I wouldn't I wouldn't even be trying to worry about legislating these things. I if if you're concerned about pornography and the effect that it's having on young men and then society at large, which I think is a really genuine concern to be honest. Um, and it's it's one that's difficult for the left to accept because ultimately they kind of want you to be an atomized bug-eating kuma who does nothing but jack off all day in in a pod. So if you if you're trying to avoid that future, then porn being recognised to be a, a vice, a bad thing, uh, is probably something that I would start popularising. You know, it's like look, we're not. I wouldn't be arguing. You know, we're going to ban porn or something. But let's be fair. It's kind of degenerative. You know, it's it's kind of debasing yourself when you're like, I'm just gonna. It's it's like eating cake. You know, it's like you could be out romancing and, you know, doing something with an actual human being, or you can just be in your room jacking off into a sock. You know, which one is aspirational? Yeah, I agree, and I mean that's something I'm trying to do here on my little modest platform is sort of mm. send that message without being too preachy, trying to drop it in there here and there. That's probably the better uh, way to to thing to focus on. I just don't. I just whenever somebody says the idea of any kind of legislation is like a door that we're shutting forever, I'm kind of like, well, you know, let's keep the door open. Who knows? Maybe someday we'll be able to change this. Uh, so well, like, like I said, I'm not actually not for banning it, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, I get for, that. I get that. You know, I, I actually do think it should be something that, you know, consenting adults should be able to do. And there can be people who create an appropriate space for it to be done on. I think that's fair. Sure. Um, but I, I also am sympathetic to the, I don't really want wider society to be nothing but wet-ass pussy with Cardi B twerking on the screen all day you know i, I would like a, a nice middle ground between that you know <laughs> i mean less cardi b and porn in its appropriate time and place you know yeah well what about legislation just to make it harder for children to access this is something they actually tried to do in the uk and it's funny because at the time i was still very libertarian, and there was a lot mm. of like pushback on yeah. this and like oh the privacy concerns and this and that and i was like like, yeah, they can't do that. Oh, what? So I can't watch my Bukaki gangbang. Don't tell me what to do. But like, I've, I've come uh, like completely to the opposite side where I'm like, well, that just makes sense. It just makes sense that we're making it too easy for kids to get. The thing is, I do kind of hate the idea of a wanking license. It, I, I, there's a part of, I mean, I, I'm not a libertarian or anything, but I'm definitely a constitutionalist. And I definitely think that the state shouldn't be telling me when I can have a wank or not. Uh, I just, I, you know, I can't get over that. That's kind of been my argument quite a bit. Uh, sorry. Uh, hi, sorry I was late. Yeah, I, had, okay. I had a lot going on. But um, uh, my issue that I have is that we promote it, uh, the promotion of degeneracy. And the issue that I have with it is we see the fallout that all of this causes, but a lot of people refuse to admit what the cause is. And I talk to people about... Um, like underserved communities and how um, how we have all these issues and nobody wants to admit that it's it's the culture. They think we just need more money. Like every time I talk to people online about um, whether it be human trafficking, um, I mean, like the fatherlessness that we deal with, everyone says we just need more money. Uh, the schools, the school system, if we just have more money and America is one of the richest countries and yet uh, we have so much money and it really comes down to our culture. So, sorry, I just wanted to add that. Thank, thanks, guys. 
No, yeah, welcome, Annika. Uh, I think we can kind of leave the topic there. I'll just, I, okay, I'll give my last two cents on it, which is that I don't think it's a contradiction uh, to say that, por like, I, like, I don't think it's a contradiction for me. For me, it's easy to just say porn isn't free speech. You know? <laughs> so that's, I guess, my last two cents on it. Uh, so another thing I want to talk to you about, though, is I've heard you, and this is something I really like that I want to get into. You have been talking about Aristotle here and there, and I, I kind of came to the same thing myself. I went on this sort of philosophical, um, like scholarly crusade or pursuit, I should say, because I wanted to find a good secular argument against incest. And so I started reading everything I could find, a, a moral argument, right? That that I actually yeah. would be comfortable like using because I wasn't comfortable just saying, well, if it's consenting and you're not procreating, which is kind of the thing you get from a lot of people, then, mm. it's, then it's not immoral to, you know, bang your sister or whatever. So I, I wanted a way to argue that, and I, I read through all these different things, and I eventually came to natural law, and I started reading about that, and then I started reading all the different takes about that, and Aristotle was kind of the most based, was the one where I was like, yeah, this is it. This is the argument that I'm looking for. You know, I actually don't know Aristotle's argument against incest. Um, and that's what I was about to ask. Yeah, would, would you like to enlighten me? <laughs> I, I kind of agree that nature kind of tells us it's wrong based yeah. on the outcome. Okay, well, I think based so, on the act itself, though. So natural I mean, law, yeah, but I mean, based on like you know what happens. Natural law is like an child. argument against all of these moral confounders because what, and this is my interpretation. You, I'll be interested to hear if you agree or disagree with this. But what you're effectively saying, and what I feel like Aristotle is saying, is like there's basically an objectively right way to live your life, and that's sort of like that's the foundational axiom that the moral framework is built on so any moral question can be gauged or or whatever through this lens of is it leading me towards this good life or is it leading me away from this and once you define the good life in a rational way uh, in my opinion it doesn't have room for incest or necrophilia or any of these other wacko things that people try to claim are moral yeah, just to just to interject, um, if you guys want to tweet at Short Fat Otaku and ask him why it's wrong to fuck a sexy consenting chimp, uh, feel free, <laughs> feel free, because I've been arguing this point all day. But, Wait, <laughs> but you mean actual reality? Yeah, I, I'm against fucking sexy chimps, even if they consent, uh, and it doesn't matter that the sexy chimp consents. You know, the 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 act of the fucking of the sexy chimp that's immoral in my view. Uh, so, uh, and, but it's the same, it's the same point. And I, it's, I, I really like the way that you've laid this out, right? Because the, the problem that Aristotle has in sort of like the modern academy is not actually like almost anything that follows from his sort of basic view that there is a teleology, a trajectory of a human life. That's a good human life that produces what he calls like human flourishing. Um, and that's, it's, but it's the base assumptions that there is this uh, will that's imbued in the world, an objective human life that's good, um, that, that is the problem. Once you uh, have found a foundation for Aristotle, and not that that's the problem that he has at the moment, but that once, you, once you have one, or if you just assume one, then you actually find yourself on quite good footing with regards to like almost everything about a human life. Because he's just like, look, 
get a job, work hard, be a family man, have friends, you know, engage in civic life. And it's like, you know, pursue intellectual pursuits if you're if you're able. It's like, okay, be virtuous, you know, avoid avoid defect, avoid excess. Okay. Enjoy that you're doing a good life, you're living a good life. And it's like you you, you don't have to be very smart for this to be something that really works for you. And so, like, and as you were saying, when, what you're doing is you're effectively defining out of what a good human life is a bunch of really gross things that if you were to define like good and bad in a different way, for example, if you were to define, oh, okay, anything that can consent is something I can have sex with. So, okay, well, if you've got like a rapey dolphin and you just say, okay, well, I'll just let it have sex with me, then there's nothing morally wrong with having sex with a dolphin. It's like, no, th there is still something intrinsically wrong with the act. And I think it's very important that this is the way that is like, it's, it's not improper to have a human focused perspective on the world going outwards. It's not improper for a human to do that at all. It's completely normal and natural. And so if you go, yeah, but anything that's rational, it's like, why? Why would I care about this universal perspective? Oh, anything out there that might be an alien that's rational, I now have to treat as if it's a human. It's like, but that's not necessarily the case at all. And I don't see why I would. I don't see why I would care because why would I take on the universe's perspective on things when I am a human being and I can just take on a human perspective and that will work for me? Yes. I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> yeah. And also, right, also, and not, not the, it, just the BTFO dev, but not just for that. Because and the, the, another thing as well is one of, the, one of the things we never seem to talk about, and this is something that's just been really coming to the fore in my thought recently, is the nature of relationships and relations and how we define and describe them. Um, because of, I think a very strong secular argument is that in the definition of mother, there is an implication of caregiving that is expressly non-sexual towards children and so in the yeah, station so. in life exactly you should hope so and yet we're currently uh, like honestly i saw atheist republic this massive two million following atheist page and i know the the people who run it post you know why is it wrong for incest it's like jesus if, if we can't answer this question then you know like the muslims are right you know the West is degenerate. It needs to be abolished. I've, I've actually brought that up recently <laughs> about like um, Islam and some of these radical communities yeah. that, I mean, they're, they're doing certain things better than we are. And yes. I mean, even by their own words, you've read uh, some of the like, um, why we hate the West. I'm mm. sure I think it was like, why we hate you. Do you remember? It was like, oh, it yeah, was yeah. out of a, an article was and oh, no, I it was read it. Beak. It was out of, um, it was yeah. out of an ISIS magazine. Yeah, and I read it and I was like, you know what? They they make a lot of great points. I can't believe I agree with ISIS. <laughs> well, the, the critiques can be made by anyone, you know, and the critiques are valid and have been made by lots of people. It's just that the mainstream culture is very progressive, which means it's completely permissive of literally everything. And we're going to get into map rights soon, folks. I hope you're looking forward to this discussion. Pedophiles have human rights too, you know? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, well, slope uh, thing seems so really... Go ahead, Anna. Everything yeah. that we bring up, like um, the partial birth abortion or the post-birth abortion or like MAP rights, those are all things that they swore just five years ago that would never happen. Yeah. And, and it's happening. I mean, <laughs> That's her dog. Sorry, that was my dog. Uh, so this kind of dovetails into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is 
doesn't this all sort of prove that classical liberalism is a failed experiment? Not really, uh, because any it, it proves that the Enlightenment as a whole is a failed experiment, really. Because if you were to go for fascism, you'd still end up in positions of absurdity where horrible things happen. And again, it's because you're working on an abstraction from reality. Like, And I've been really starting to wane on the idea of these kind of universal abstract principles because, I mean... I don't really want to have to prescribe rules for all of humanity every time I'm like, oh, what should I do? You know, if I should do something or I shouldn't do something, I don't want to have to be making a rule for all of humanity, right? And so I, don't, I think that there's another way of looking at it, and it's specifically, again, the, the relational rule. So if I'm like, should I go up to one of my friends and call him, uh, uh, you know, something racist? You know, it'll be funny. Uh, and to most people, no, I probably shouldn't go up and say something racist to them, but I might have a particular relationship with my friend in which we literally come up and call each other racist jokes. And so it would actually be weird if I didn't do that with him because he'd be like, well, what's wrong, man? You know, we, we normally have this balance. You know, this is part of the relationship we have. This is part of how I know that everything's fine. And you didn't do that suddenly. Why didn't you do that? And suddenly I'm spoiling my relationship with that friend that might otherwise be like really close and secure. You know, it's just we happen to greet each other with a race, racist epithet or something like this. And but if I if we apply sort of universal rules to a particular relationship, then it doesn't then it's wrong, you know. And if we apply the particular rule to a universal uh, principle and relations, you know, or like essential, you know, interactions with people, then that's wrong too. And I don't know why we're so hung up on the I must legislate for all humanity, you know. Why I don't want to have to do that. That's a big responsibility. <laughs> Yeah, I get what you're saying. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, too, is a lot of like what happens in this sort of intellectual space or whatever is a lot of navel gazing about trying to find like the right answer to solve the world's problems. And and there there isn't necessarily like a right answer that just, you know, to every question, no. you know what I mean? It makes me think of that South Park episode or the movie where all the christians die and go to hell and and satan is like oh sorry everyone it was mormon mormonism you're supposed to pick mormonism you know it's kind of like there's the same kind of thing that happens in the ideological space of like mm. oh is it is it fascism is it monarchism whatever um yeah. I, i'm not by the way i'm not saying that classical liberalism has failed that's why we need uh fascism i think there mm. might be like a, a definitional issue here um, cause what, what I've been kind of landing on lately, we've been calling it social conservatism, which is mm -hmm. not necessarily mutually exclusive with classical liberalism. Right. But I think it's mm -hmm. maybe more just a different, it's just like, for, first of all, I don't, it's social activism basically is what exactly, you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Let, let me let me quickly explain what I mean by classical liberalism. I really what I'm talking about it's an individual's relationship to the state and the market. Essentially, it's just I I want constitutional limits and I want to be able to freely trade my labor or my my goods, and so that's pretty pretty much it. And then that's literally the problem. Uh, well, the problem uh, with the it is the problem with the French view of liberalism, which was all encompassing. It's it's from the French that you get atheism from the Enlightenment. It doesn't come from the English speaking world because I mean you can see it in your own founding fathers. They're like, God, this is only going to work for a Christian, God fearing people, you know. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, the French were like, no, abolish God. It's like, okay, 
you know, what are you doing? And it's, it's, it really amuses me how quickly the founding fathers turned on the French revolutionaries. They're like, no, you people are nuts. Uh, and I think there's a real distinction in the thought there because really it's kind of game theory. You know, would I prefer it that the state just never had the power to kick down my door and arrest me without trial? Yeah, I think I would. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't really matter what kind of person's in charge. It doesn't really matter what kind of, you know, philosophy they hold. Under all circumstances, I just don't want the state to be able to do that. And so, like, it's that kind of view of the relationship between the individual and the state that really is an issue. And just to say, essentially, have a free society so that I can actually act as, I, as, as we all negotiate between each other. I, I do think it's kind of weird that we've gotten to a point, at least in America, I'm sure in the UK as well, where um, you not only fear that, like, the police would bang down your door, but that other people, like the way people have been doxxed, they just show mob. up on your front yeah. lawn. Yeah, I'm actually far more scared of, you know, somebody getting mad and... Um, yeah, stalking me down or a group of people getting angry rather than the police. Um, and it's funny because even as a teenager, I never really liked police officers. I've never been pro-policeman just given my life experiences, but um, but I understand that they're there to serve a purpose or they should be. They should be there to serve and protect the community, but in just experiences and experiences in communities I've lived in. That's not always been the case, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, no, no, no. I want to live in a gated community with an armed guard. Cause I fear my, I fellow my fear, my fellow countrymen far more than my police. Hmm. So that's just, a, that's just an idea. Hmm. No, no. I mean, I can, I can totally understand the fear of the radical left running around and kicking people's doors in and setting fire to their apartment buildings Be like they did with ted wheeler because so, it, I mean, that's been it's a real threat like that's been woven into their rules now yeah. that that like it used to be kind of the rules of engagement where you know you don't uh no preemptive strikes i'm talking yeah. about in in civil in civil yeah in a, in a civil society you're absolutely yeah right. exactly and, that you don't you don't just all show up at someone's door because you think they may have done something and set them yeah. on fire but that has been that's now wiped out and you should call out your uncle if he voted for the wrong guy you should you know you mm -hmm. should punish people around you if you think that they, um, and you should do this as a signal to others that you're the good guy so that everyone knows that you're on the right side. And if someone doesn't do that, like um, I've heard two cases now of somebody who ended up having to quit their job because they wouldn't say F Trump at the water cooler. Um, a really good friend of mine that had visited not long ago said that he finally quit his job. He's an engineer because he was not willing to participate in the far left hatred. So people just assumed he was on the far right. So. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the things that's most interesting is when the mob went to Tucker Carlson's house. Yeah, um, that was that, what I was thinking of. Yeah, that 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 is the proof that this is not about uh, state uh, power and control because Tucker Carlson's just a news anchor. He's he's not an agent of the state. He doesn't hold. Yeah, but we're supposed to trust journalists and protect them, but not that one. Well. It, well, it doesn't. It doesn't even matter. The, the The point is, Tucker Carlson is a private citizen, whether you like him or not, and whether you like what he says or not. And at the end of the day, if the state is going to be permissive of mobs of people attacking private citizens in their homes, uh, then it's the end of civil society. And this is this is what classical liberalism is meant to prevent. Like a communist hate mob. If we were being run by a, a an, an actually classically liberal society and not one that's essentially been subverted by communists, uh, these people would be treated as terrorists because that is terrorism. 
Yeah, what you guys are talking about, it made me think of something that I wasn't planning to uh, go over today. But I'm yeah, okay, I found it here. I want to show you guys this because this was a recent video that is very on point with what you guys are talking about. I'll just get this loaded up here. I don't know if you guys saw this. I think this was in the... Where, where was it? I'm not sure, but let me just play this video for you because it's kind of right on point. I'm actually laughing at the absurdity of it because yeah. you have climate protesters, right? On that, see, that's... Blocking traffic. This guy's just trying to get to wherever he's going. He's like, you know, get the fuck out of my way, grabs the the banner, and the cops just just dogpile onto him and say, mm. You're under arrest. What is this? What's going on? He didn't he didn't pose a threat to anybody. He grabbed the banner and was ripping it down. It's so weird to me. He didn't pose a threat to any humans and they tackled him. I mean, we all saw it, but th this is again is the kind of thing that we would have said a handful of years ago that this is the kind of shit that they that this would lead to and it did lead to this. And I well, mean, you've seen the UK and the police that uh sorry, the UK mm -hmm. police the the like the the gay parades that they've participated mm. in where they've yeah. got two male officers kind of humping one another and in, in uniform. Yep. And it's just weird to me that they, first off, they shouldn't be beating up gay people. They shouldn't be harming trans persons. They shouldn't be doing those things on one hand, but participating in a gay pride parade where they're sexualizing themselves within their uniform in front of children. Um, mm -hmm. It's like they swing to such an extreme that it's like, this isn't it. You keep missing the target. Like you went from this side to this side, that, that, no, 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 that's not what we want, bro. But um, yeah, this, this is the kind of shit that we said this was going to lead to and people insisted it wouldn't. Yeah. It's like progressive Sharia, basically. Um, <laughs> this, it, no, I'm not even that's joking. Cool, that's it, good. That it's actually, I, I, it's I actually true. Because it's so absurd. You yeah, know I mean? I don't but, know what else to do, but you're right. Yeah. No, no, but that's the thing, because like you're you're exactly right. Because what what they've done is taken a political position on sexuality, and this is something. For example, the Muslim community is going to be like, uh, no, we don't agree with gay pride because we're very socially conservative. It's like, okay, well then the police shouldn't have a particular position on gay activism you know they shouldn't be painting rainbows on their face they shouldn't have rainbows on the police cars i'm because i'm okay with them coming out and standing with the the lgbtq community when like things have no, been tragedies have happened against them really absolutely i don't not. i don't absolutely like the painting their faces and stuff like that and participating in that i do think that like when they give a press conference after someone's been murdered you know, and they say that we they stand with the LGBTQ community. I think yeah. because that is part of our community. I think that that's fine. I don't like the participation in the sexualization stuff. That's I, what I. Don't I don't like. think they should have any political persuasion publicly at all. Right. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that that's persuasion though, because if they're if they're hired to serve and protect, no, if they're hired to serve and protect their community, and a wrong has been done against someone in their community, I think that because our communities are broken into sub communities. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of another group that something like that would 
happen with like if they were to say you know that they care about all the black people in their community if if there was a hate crime done against a black person that doesn't mean that they have to go over the top with like the pride parades i don't think you say why say anything well no when they give their okay here they give a press conference a lot of times after like sure something's happened so they're up there on a podium saying you know we're we caught the bad guy, whatever. Um, There's actually a really famous politician in Florida who's amazing. I'll I'll tweet out about him later. I think uh, Gertie or something like that. He is a Grady. His last name's like Grady. He's a really good guy. Um, He was against the, um, the riots back in the day. And he said, you know, if you riot and you, if you try to burn down businesses, we will lock you up. Um, So he got, you know, tagged as anti-black in that moment, but he's come out before in the past. And he's, um, he's like said, you know, we, we care about our community. I, I have no problem if they specifically say LGBTQ community, if it's relevant. But I don't, that, I don't support the I existence think. of an activist group called the LGBTQ. Um, well, I mean, I think that they should be allowed to, if they want. So well, as I'm long not saying it, they shouldn't be allowed to. What I'm saying is I don't support that. And I don't recognize that as an identity. I don't think lesbians, gays, bisexuals, trans, queers, intersex are all just down. a thing. Oh, oh okay. You that that to me seems like it. obvious yeah. communist agitation. And I don't think I'd give yeah. that any, any time of well, day at all. But the, I will the agree that they well, it, it doesn't even matter if technically they're not the same. I, I think this is an obvious attempt to create an activist block to stoke a kind of gender or sexuality war against straight people done by communists. And they, Girl, they it are started quite... back. It started back like even before um, we had marriage equality in America. I mean, this isn't a new thing. This started back when yeah. when hate crime or crimes, been, sorry, crimes against gay people were a lot more common. And it, it was a big issue. That's what started that. Now, I agree that, uh, like, the LGBTQ community as a whole doesn't make sense. And a lot of lesbians have actually spoken out against that, that they feel like um, there's issues with the trans movement and lesbians. And there's a lot yeah, of... But what what, what I mean, though, it's, 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 not, it's not that. It's, it's why should the police politicize themselves? Why should they not just remain as non-political... Uh, agents of the night watchman state i the police the the police are not there to defend communities they're there to defend individuals they're there to defend every individual person's rights i don't consider whatever you know i don't consider lgbtq if if it's not a movement if it's just like individuals and yes i I mean it is a movement Okay, I don't consider it political. I know that it can be politicized, but just to say, like, I have a lesbian neighbor, I don't consider that a political person just because she happens to be a lesbian. Sure, but Sarvan has a really valid point here because the the police themselves will come out and say, we're we're here to protect our black communities, our LGBTQ community. Yeah. They'll use I that, don't have that a problem language, when they say that. Right? Well, that, See, I, that, I think, that's I think we, we should have a problem with that. I think, okay, well, then we don't agree. I think the, I <laughs> we think found as, another thing we don't I agree. I think as soon as we start allowing these identities to have special status it's that's just you you've started down the slippery slope and get to where we are there i said this on the last show with stitching down but there never should have been a black caucus there shouldn't be a black policeman's union all all of this stuff right or okay i think that there should have been in the time because it was important in the time and i think we should slowly bleed it in because i do agree having having everything separate like that like this is this is the thing this is the black thing i think 
we need to kind of blend them in just like there's like there's STEM and there's women in STEM. And that doesn't make any sense either. Cause like women, you know, if you want to have your own groups of friends that you hang out with that all happen to be black or happen to be female um, within that community. Yes. And I think, I think at the time that these were formed, it was important. And now they need to kind of be like bled in together and we need to have like a, like more cohesive STEM or more cohesive communities. So I agree with you that they should be merged, but if a large group of people don't believe that they have the same rights, we need to address that. Does that make sense? Because I've heard people say we need to legalize all kinds of things, like legalize being black. Then we need to address what they're actually talking about because clearly it's legal to be black. That's not what they're saying. But they feel that there's a big issue. And if you go into those communities, like you're actually on the ground in those communities, there are big issues. It's just from where Mm -hmm. we're sitting, we see black people all the time moving in and out, um, like not having any issues. But when you go to those communities, it's a big problem. So oh, that's, that's why I have, kind of understand why they want it separate, but we need to figure out what we need to do to blend it all back together. They do have terrible problems. But the thing is, every time you say you name a community, uh, you by implication leave out other communities and suggest that they are not really worthy of being considered. Mm-hmm. And I think that's inappropriate for the police. Uh, I, just I, think don't, fun- I don't fundamentally know if that's that well, but yes, I do, it is. I otherwise, do agree oh, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Because otherwise, you'd be like, okay, well, what about the Latino community? Oh, yeah, and the Latino. What about the LGBT and them? And what about the Muslim and them? And eventually, you've got to just list off every single community that you can even conceive of. Or you could just list none of them and have the default assumption being the police are there for everyone. I think we're getting to that point now. Yeah, there's like, a pretty funny uh, Babylon Bee article came out a couple of days ago. Yes, that was like <laughs> the neighbor with uh, Black Lives Matter, Asian Lives Matter, Hispanic Lives. We're getting awfully close to All Lives Matter. <laughs> very, very nearly. <laughs> yeah, but you know what the last threshold is going to be. You know what that last threshold will be. It'll be everything and there'll be one community that's just left out. And that'll be the community that uh, no one is allowed to talk about. Yeah, so just to kind of bring it back to what I was getting at, though, with uh, social conservatism, and you said, you called it like social activism, which I like. I don't like the term mm. social conservatism. To me, that's that's kind of stigmatized, and I just view it as morality and virtue, you know? But I I feel like we need to, like, we need to have a discussion about how to address this, how to do this kind of activism, because... My, I guess my feeling is that liberalism isn't working in the sense that it's not, it does, the convictions, the moral convictions are not strong enough. And you, you see some examples like this when the clubhouse thing that happened a little while ago, I made a video about that, but you have these guys who are, you know, Michael Tracy and um, Brett Weinstein and they're saying, we're, we're going to treat you as equal. We're going to have a discourse with you. We have, we're going to have a back and forth. We can agree to disagree in this and that. But the other people aren't playing yeah. by those rules. You yeah. know what I mean? The, the other people aren't here to agree to disagree. They're here to kick you out and take your shit, basically, yeah. right? Uh, and another thing, this is, an, this is another example. I don't want to bag on Coleman Hughes because I like Coleman Hughes. Uh, and for people who don't know, he's kind of like part of the intellectual dark web. He's a black guy and like a good role model for black people, I would say. But he has a podcast and he tweeted out that he talked to this 
girl. I forget her name, but she's like a big polyamory girl on Twitter. And he did this kind of like Vice News 2012 style interview where it's like, oh, yeah. So tell me about polyamory and. Oh, and, and it's, I'm going to treat this like it's just like a different alternate lifestyle that's a valid choice and this and that. And I feel like that is not good enough. I feel like you, if you're going to talk to somebody like that, you have to say, look, this is, this is fucked. The way you're living your life is wrong and I don't approve of it. I'm not going to like hold a gun to you and stop you, but I got to at least be able to say I don't approve of this, you know? Mm. Well, I think if, if, yeah, if they're allowed to uh, say that they don't approve of other lifestyles, um, you know, if they're allowed to, if they're allowed to show discontent with those around them, then everyone should be able to. And that's where I think like free speech is, is important is having the ability to say, I, d- I don't like your lifestyle. Um, Cause I, I've, I've had plenty of people tell me throughout my life that they didn't like something I did or said, and uh, that's fine. They're, they're free to say that but they're not free to block traffic to let everybody know that that's how they feel. And I think regardless of whether you're on the right or the left, I think the other thing that's going to, that's going to help depolarize everything is if we, if both sides are um, not just playing by the same rules, because I don't think that's going to happen, but if the, the overarching rules of the government apply to both equally. Um, One of the issues that I do have Carl is with the hate crime bill. A lot of the things that go into that with like, if you murder somebody, um, I don't care if you murdered them for the color of their skin or because they're a woman or the language they speak. I care that you murdered them. And I have a little bit of an issue and I've had people get mad at me over this. I don't care what the motive was. The motive can be important when it comes to sentencing, but I don't think the hate crime part of it is. I think that, you know, like clearly if you kidnap somebody, torture them, and take three weeks and then you finally, they die, you're going to get a different sentence than if you got drunk and ran over them. Like those are, we don't consider those the same. Um, And our, we shouldn't, but um, I don't like the idea of if, if somebody murdered two people and they were a different color that you could have an argument based on like things they've said on social media in the past, maybe they dropped the in bomb that somehow that is a worse crime. It's just as bad as if they killed a white person. So anyway, but that is one thing that I don't think we should separate within the law. I I find the concept of hate crime really interesting in an abstract way, because like, um, you know, say I'm jealous of my neighbor and he's got a really attractive wife and I really, really want his wife, but she won't leave him. And so I go and murder him and then I don't get caught and I I end up marrying her. Is that worse than me murdering him because he's black? I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, it's like, is, is it, if I just would be like, you know, actually, I just really hate this guy because he's black and then I murder him. Is that worse than me murdering him to marry his wife? You know, like, I, I, I just don't see why you care. And the, the question no of intention, I think, doesn't kid. really come into it because the question of intention is just about whether you intended to kill them. It doesn't actually speak to the reason why you were to kill them. And so it's just like, did you intend to kill them? Yes or no. And if the answer is yes, then it's a murder, premeditated, blah, blah, blah. But the, 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 the sort of political nature of the murder, I don't think is actually very important, is it? Like, hate hate crimes the, are kind of a virtue signal made into a policy when you think about it, right? Yeah, it's, it's really what it's yeah. just saying is like, as you're saying, as a culture, as a society, we yeah. view this as worse. So don't do it, right? And that's the thing, because it seems to me that this is like the strongest evidence of sort of communist subversion, uh, as if like, because there's no one on the side of hate. 
Like, we don't get to hear the pro-hate side of the equation. And so, like, oh, God, well, you know, it's it's wrong to have killed someone for, because you're a racist. Well, everyone agrees with that. So it's like, okay, well, we should make that worse. It's like, well, I, I guess we should. I mean, what am I going to do? You know, argue f the pro-hate side of things? Obviously not. You know, and so now we've got, like, a bunch of communist-inspired rules that are baked into our legal systems. And I'm really uncomfortable with that because, obviously, anything that the communists set up are trying to weight the system in the favour of communism. And I don't really want the system weighted in the favour of communism, especially when there was no particular need to, again, politicise a murder. Like, it doesn't matter if the guy did it because it was political or because he was jealous or something like that. The point is he intended to murder, and that's enough, isn't it? So that, that's, that's the way I look at it, anyway. We also, uh, I don't know if you want to change the subject yet, LP. And I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir when I say this, but it's also um, one of the reasons why I don't like that um, so many uh, murders and, and assaults are being publicized through social media. Um, you know, someone taking a video of it because it's, it's only going to be put up if it's a certain group that was harmed. Um, you rarely see certain demographics getting harassed on social media, but you will see them in the FBI crime stats. Um, and it, it leads to more violence. It leads to more riots. Um, you know, I, I cried when I watched the George Floyd video. I, you know, I tend to be a little bit emotional when I watch people die, but I didn't realize at that time what I was watching it. Well, I didn't realize he was going to die. Just somebody had sent me the video. Um, and it was before I knew that, that he was choked to death, but, um, or whatever happened, everybody has a different opinion on how he died, but, um, or a different conclusion, I should say, but uh, yeah. it, I, I really wish that they would absolutely ban if you upload a video of someone dying, um, pretty much in any context at this point. Um, I think that you should have your social media account nuked because it's traumatizing to other people that have to watch it and you can't control who sees that. Children can see that. Uh, I don't know if you remember um, who Daniel Pearl is, Carl. I was very young. He was a journalist who was beheaded by jihadists. He was like the first, I think it was the ISIS killing where they used a machete. I was very young when I saw that. And oh, man, it was I, ac space. I accidentally clicked on that Morocco video. Oh, that was so brutal. I clicked on like um, three seconds. How old were you when you saw it? I was very, I was very young, young enough. Like, and I was on oh. my, I was like maybe preteen or teenager. I right. think when I so saw it, your, your parents I were was, allowing you to use. No, 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 no. I was raised in foster care. I, I'm oh, like, okay. I, oh, yeah. Right. So no, really, well, no. I had, you know, I had parents for a while there that were, no, I lost my parents when I was three. Um, and then, so I was raised in foster care and I was off and on with family, but um, it really, yeah. Anyway. So, but I was on MySpace and I wasn't looking for the video. Somebody had posted it in my comment section as a video. I just remember being very young and like not knowing what I was watching and mm. and because nobody had ever heard of ISIS or jihadists at that time. It was the very beginning of all that when they hold up a newspaper and they're speaking and then they pulled back his head and you know what happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah. he was a journalist. You can look him up, Daniel Pearl. And he was Jewish and he was in their area and he was reporting on stuff. And yeah, it was a big deal. That. Yeah, uh, and it, well, it let me, bothered let me, me just uh, cut you off there because we are sort of running low on time, or at least I wanted to check in with Sargon. How how are you doing for time? I know we only booked an hour, 
Do you? Uh, you I can, I'm, I'm cause... happy to keep talking. This is quite interesting stuff. Okay, okay, uh, sorry, good, that's yeah, good. Because I had a couple anyway, other things. Kind I of just to wrap up what I was saying is, I think that it should be illegal to post stuff like that. It is very traumatizing. Um, I've had to see a therapist with this COVID shit, just with everything going on, just to deal with stress. Can um, I could I promote a counter argument? Yes, if that's okay. I I actually yes. don't think that children should be allowed to use social media. I agree. I agree. And I, that I is, think that adults yeah. should be able to post, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. This it's kind of like okay. depends on the social media platform, because like, again, if you've got a very uh, family friendly social media platform, that doesn't necessarily mean children should be using it. But like, you know, the atmosphere of it, you know, you don't want anything particularly shocking. Right. Uh, so yeah. I can understand that Facebook don't want jihadi videos on there, but I don't think that should be illegal for people to have uploaded like something quite graphic. Uh, again, like with the porn thing, I think there should, there's just kind of a time and a place for these things. Uh, and I think, and I definitely don't think kids should be to. using social media. Okay. I agree. Children shouldn't be using social media. However, I, I think if you want to see things like that, there, there are places to seek it out, like 4chan, like no 4gallery. Like, the uh, yeah. There's a lot of places that people can go to if that's oh, Twitter. the content. They... <laughs> well, so that's the other thing. I don't like porn and death. And I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if they have this over there, but here in America, a lot of the vegan or animal protection com uh they organizations. do horrible adverts, don't they? Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff. And I am pro-trigger warning, only because I know you guys are going to think I'm a snowflake, but I think that there are times like where someone has gone through something recently and maybe they want to avoid that topic. Like, say you've, got, you've undergone a miscarriage and somebody is bragging about their abortion, things like that. It's like maybe they – I'm not opposed to trigger warnings just for a civil society. It's I actually not put about one on my stuff. last video because I talked about the red – reddit admin and and what her, okay her i i would i would avoid that. i would avoid the term trigger warnings it's a bit loaded but i'm, yes. I'm not I'm, I'm not adverse to content disclaimers right uh, yeah, so yes. like, on, on minds.com they've got like you know um this is graphic content click here yeah. to see it I, and yeah, that, that, I that's fine because that. again from, from yeah just from the user's experience because again you, you could be in a completely normal frame of mind and you're just at work scrolling through your timeline and there's suddenly horrific gore spot you know or something like that and it could get you in trouble with your boss or something like that you don't you know you don't yeah. want that at all times in all places like the not um, safe for work stuff like that yeah yeah the not safe for work stuff right that i i'm yeah. fine with that because it makes you know practical sense and it, you know but I, I don't like the idea of people getting their accounts yeeted just because they posted something that happened you know even even yeah, if it's I mean, you know even I'm if it's been seen by someone Okay, Even if it's been if, seen by people who shouldn't have seen it, you know. Well, okay, but when you're watching someone get murdered, like the the other one that really bothered me a lot was watching sure. the officer David Dorn. Yeah. Or am I getting his name mixed up with somebody yeah. else? But, yeah, the but, officer that died. That was that yeah. was again. I didn't know what I, I didn't know he was about to die because I, I caught sure. the video quite early, um, hmm. right after it was released. And it bothers me that the media replays that stuff and they'll actually show dead bodies laying on the ground, not without any censor censoring. Maybe I'm just more sensitive to this stuff than you guys. I think that's clearly why we disagree it on it. Be. I don't think it's a moral. I don't think that we, I think we just have come to different conclusions and you guys are probably a lot tougher than I am on those. Yeah. I, th I think it's about sensitivity and I'm, I'm not like uh, unsensitive to that position. And I, th I think that it would be, um, incumbent on a good social media platform to have a kind of content filtering mechanism if possible. Uh, but these are sort of quality of life things, right? Because I mean, like fundamentally, you probably shouldn't have been preteen surfing MySpace, right? I, I, 
Yeah, I think that, that was uh, all know. we did. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know, and I'm not, I'm not blaming you or anything. You know, you, you're not going to know any better when you're like 11 years old or something. But like, if if we're going to be like, right, okay, what should be the case? And it's all right, it shouldn't be the case that kids are on social media. And I say this as a parent, I don't let my kids on social media, uh, and I don't ever see myself allowing it. To be honest, so they're going to have to leave home before they can get it. Um, but uh, the and from a sort of quality of life perspective on like something like Facebook or something, whereas on Twitter, it's a bit understandably more rough and ready. And like, if you're on uh, 4chan or something like that, you know, you, you've got these sort of spaces where you can go and experience the harsh side of life. And I think these should exist. I think there should be understood to be a need for these things because I mean, there are people putting in the chat going, well, you know, this is life. And it's like, it is life, you know, and it is life and you should, at least be able to find out about it. You know, it shouldn't be kept from you. Uh, and, and I tell you, I'm not a fan of watching gore at all. I really am very quite squeamish in some ways. And so I do understand the sensitivity to watching people be killed. It's not nice. And so I got a whole DNA there is the argument that, look, you know, I still want to see it. But no that's real life. Kid. That could happen in front of you. And if it happens in front of you and you're totally conditioned to not be able to act properly then yeah. there may be a response that's expected from you in a circumstance like that where you could do something to save that person's life whereas instead you freeze or you you run away or you cry or something like that something that's not very useful in the moment and i think that part of being a responsible adult is actually kind of having the rough with the smooth you've got to understand yeah. what the the bad side of life is because you may be called upon at some point. Well, I'll add one thing. I did work in a mortuary and um, we dealt mostly See, I wouldn't do with that. <laughs> elderly. No, I mean, okay, so this is the other thing. People would say, oh my God, you saw like some of the grossest stuff. Anything that required a an autopsy was done mm -hmm. by the coroner. And by the time we got those bodies, they were already cleaned up and prepared. Um, and so if they, it was like self-inflicted gunshot wound, things like that, we, it, the gore aspect was removed from it by the time we got it. Um, right. Often they were cremated, like if it was missing, you know, the head. Um, those are usually cremation cases, um, unless the family doesn't want to cremate for some reason. Um, and then children, The actually the week before I quit the job, I walked in um, to an area I didn't realize. My dumb brain, I, I had just been eating and I ran in and um, I had food in my hand. I went to throw up the top of a casket because I thought I didn't realize there it was being prepared for a funeral. I throw up the top end of a casket and there was a child inside, like probably five or six years old. And I hadn't seen a dead child at that point. I had you know, been very good about avoiding those yeah. funerals. And that one hit me so hard. And I still to this day know what his face looked like. And I had prepared so many bodies and yet that was the one that stuck to me. But again, mm -hmm. I just flipped open a casket, didn't realize it was, I just thought it was going to be empty. And it also, it didn't occur to me that this casket was half size. Mm -hmm. So it just, it, it hit me really hard. Um, had I been working that funeral, I think I could have prepared myself more and I, yeah. I wouldn't have put myself in that situation. But anyway, I digress. Uh, uh, My point well, is just no, that. No, 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 hang on, hang on. I before you, before you go on from that. 
before you go on from that, I, I, I do understand what you're talking about because I mean, do you remember when the uh, Syrian child washed up on? Yes, the beach, yes, that right? that's another one. I can't get it out of my, my mind. My, just... my son, my son was about the same age as that kid, and it was you yeah. know was my first son was about the same age as that kid, and I'm not gonna lie, you know, when I first saw that, I, all I could see was you know he he looked similar to my son, you know, my son's got yeah. lighter hair, but you know like the same body shape, sort of like you know. The, same, the, the shape of a toddler, you know, the, the sort of clothes they're wearing and the chubby cheeks and things like this. I, honestly, I didn't like it. I was not prepared for it either, and it was quite difficult to deal with. But And they put it on the front page of every news. The, uh, like, you did, couldn't yeah. get away from that picture. It was everywhere. Exactly. And then the, the Aleppo boy in the back of the but ambulance that's the was point. One. That's the point, yeah. though. You know, life intrudes upon you, so you have to be able to take these things on the chin and habituate yourself to deal with difficult things like that, I think. I think it's a necessary yeah. con condition of being an adult, unfortunately. Yeah, I just, I'd rather read about it in the paper than see a picture of it with no context, because it's terrifying when you, when you're, it's just thrown on you. Yeah, the, well, this, this, is, sorry, this the is why the ability is the line is different for everyone, yeah. right? so... Yeah. You know, at a Aleppo, point, you just have quick. to kind of like look away if once you I found something that, you don't like. And once yeah. I found that the Aleppo boy was completely staged, like that was completely fake narrative it? shit. It did. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even. Somebody had it. taken video of them putting dirt all over. Now well, the he was Syrian really boy was staged too. Like I'm not saying it wasn't a dead did kid, they, but they, they like so, moved his body and set it up. I, I did it. hear. I did hear that they yeah they moved it out where there wasn't anybody to make it look like he was just deserted. Yeah, I mean, it. the Aleppo boy didn't die either. He was just sitting in the back of an ambulance, and they someone had a cell phone oh, is this video. the White Helmets thing? Yeah, the White Helmets thing. Yeah, where they who had only like, operated in ISIS territory, and there were loads exactly. of photos of them waving the ISIS flag. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, um, anyway, but we yeah, can but, but, but what, the, uh, well, just to just to wrap up, but I th I really think the self create uh, curated content is the answer. I'm not I'm not at all adverse to you know this is a shocking piece of content, so click here if you want to view it. You know, I'm not adverse to that at all because I think that's a good compromise, frankly. Yeah, I agree. Cool. That that's pretty grim uh, part of the show. Let's move <laughs> on. I got a couple of quick stories we can have a quick look at here. This one was in the uh, Sun. A couple days ago and the article reads uh, all women should have an affair once in their life it made me feel sexier and look younger isn't it going to destroy your marriage and here's a photo of the woman so i'm not sure it did a great job or or if it did i'd hate to see the before photo you know what i'm saying why well, she feels sexier you know i'm sure she fit but what does her husband think of it well, he, so I don't think she has she's, one. So she's probably married to a Vouch. Couple, well, it says that she's having to. an affair. Well, she's I, probably I, married I, to someone no, like that. No, 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 no. She's saying cheating. Uh, yeah, so oh, yeah, she so must the, be cheating The title on says something. have an affair, but what she says is that she cheated. When you scroll down, it says uh, more than a quarter of women who cheat feel more attractive and 22% feel younger According to a study by affairs website, illicitcounters.com, illicit encounters. So oh, I, I feel like this whole article might be an ad. I feel like this whole yeah, article exactly. might, and this exactly. is just, that's the whole point of the article. But if you scroll down more, she says, um, where is it down here? Rachel is now 46 and still searching for the one, but would not rule out cheating again. 
So Well, then she's going to continue searching for that one for quite some time, isn't she? Yeah, form like, an orderly I, I, queue, I, I, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, just, just take the red pills as they come, gentlemen. There's no choice. I, I mean, I don't, it's just, again, it just speaks to, like, the fact that this is published at all, to me, is, is offensive. You know, and again, I'm not saying it shouldn't be allowed mm-hmm. to, but, uh, you know, I, I hate this. I hate everything about this. I don't know. She is I'm a saying. morally despicable person, is what we're saying, yeah. Yeah. Like, like being, like, the, the whole, the whole... The whole again, again, the the relation, the relations is what I was talking about earlier. Like there, there's there's an implicit particularness and a necessary sort of possessiveness in the idea of a relationship. You know, husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever it is, and that's built on trust. There's a deep moral component to this, and she's flouting this and being proud of it. And why is she doing it? To make herself feel good. Because it makes her feel a certain way. It's like this really, really fucking selfish reason to betray someone. And, you know, I mean, if you if you were drunk and you had a... Okay, fine, that's not as bad. You know, you're not as bad a person. But this is, like, the worst possible interpretation of that. Yeah. This, is, this is... No, no, no. I'm not even... I didn't even make a mistake. You know, what I did, yeah, I'm at, at proud At least have of, the decency you know? to have some shame. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But then, no, she is proud of the... the the thing that is the worst thing you can do to a person's trust, which is to betray it. And so it's like, okay, if, if she's not even ashamed of it, then I'm not surprised she's still single, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the sidebars, Hargan? Did you see the little attached um, stories? Um, Me- so dad I've heard, feels like- I've heard some people with the opinion that uh, Americans infiltrated r- uh, British royalty and like we're taking down the... Uh, the Buckingham Palace, I guess. Well, it's only because that's what's happening. <laughs> well, Meghan Markle. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Meghan, and Meghan Oprah, no, no, the Hollywood elites have joined Markle's side now. So now it's yeah, now know, a kind so of culture war going on. Infiltrated the, so yeah. We, yeah. So the royal family is being brought down by yeah. Americans. And uh, ev- everyone in England. <laughs> You're welcome. It, uh, the, yeah, thanks very much. Uh, but don't get me yeah. wrong. They're a bunch of fucking pedos, it seems. So, you know, don't yeah. worry about it. But so like, you're not, you're not pro-austerity? or pro austerity well okay like i mean so you don't you're not like all pro the queen and and well the, um, well like, you, you've got to understand it's it's not as easy as to just be for or against because i mean it's the united kingdom uh yeah. w- it's built around the monarchy the country itself i'm just giving you shit to monarchy. be honest i just honestly it's worth exploring because like it it, it it's not as easy as just saying, oh, you know, it's the queen as if it's something separate from the rest of the country. And so, like, in a way, to be anti-monarchy is to kind of be a traitor, right? So it's not that it's not valid. But the thing is, obviously, the royal family, in many ways, are quite gross. And it's it's only a very, very narrow band of the royal family who are actually kind of not gross. And so that's interesting in and of itself. But the, the fact that Meghan Markle gets such a rough time in the UK press is being interpreted as racism. And I can tell you now, it's nothing to do with racism unless you consider it to be American racism. You know, racism yeah. against Americans. Because it is about her being an American. That's what yeah, this is I, I, that's That's very much what I kind of saw it as. Is anybody's yeah. dislike of her is because she's some washed up, horrible, uh, you know, yeah, she's C-rated. a 40-year-old dropout. Like, what, well, it's yeah. not It's not even her age or like, you know, I don't care yeah. that she was divorced or any of that because that's, you know, humans do human things. I think just like the fact that she, yeah, she fits this 
it, it's a really funny narrative. I think that like some some well, washed up. She's not a, a good actress, board, basically, right? Like, yeah, she, the, she she's whipped, not even a good actress. She whipped Harry, I, and now he's a he's a shadow of his former self, and it was just yeah. kind of sad to see. He's been demasculinized. Right? Yeah. Which yeah. is what what this whole progressive feminist thing does. And that actually ties into the last story I wanted to look at today before we maybe get to the super chats. Well, but before we move on quickly, right, I, I just want to say, right, so imagine imagine it was some uh, Nigerian woman who is very socially conservative and very much pro-British empire, right? It's not hard to find these people. Yeah, honest, have an issue with right? Absolutely. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. If she was, she was there waving the flag, you know, proudly, you know, holding his arm or whatever, standing next to the queen, waving... Man, everyone would think she was the best thing since sliced bread, yeah. you know. But well, the fact that she they, clearly they doesn't Diana like the monarchy, point, right? In the beginning, I, didn't they even have an issue with her? Well, yeah, and it, and it wasn't Diana's about her race. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It, it had nothing to do with yeah. race, or no, no, um, it, it was the, more about status and. Yeah, yeah there, there are lots of other like deeper concerns like the the idea of just overlaying race on it is just it, that's not the problem you know the problem yeah. is commitment to the institution fundamentally because commitment to the institution is viewed as patriotism towards britain and so you know if Me megan seems to kind of hate the monarchy and just seems to have wanted to sort of like detach I a prince from it so I, yeah i don't understand like her attraction to that life because um, there are lots of ways. I know everyone says every woman would want to be a princess. That's not true. I think most women would want a, another level of freedom there. Was she really attracted to it, though, if she dragged him out? Well, of that's world. what's so... <laughs> but it's weird to Real me that feminism she is marrying not a with him in the first place. Yeah. Because he, he was grown... He was raised in that. So he's going to be a product of that. Why was she attracted to that and then tried to destroy it? It goes back to the whole women wanting to change men. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I think it's about her personality. She seems to be a massive control freak. And I think that these sorts of personalities go from relationship to relationship, essentially like, you know, going, drilling down into the person they're with as far as that person goes until eventually that person is basically no longer resisting the will. And so now they're not interesting anymore. You know, and it's about pushing the, uh, someone else to a point where they are you know different to how they were and then they you lose interest in them and this is apparently what happened with her previous husband apparently she was a terrible wife Tariq and, calls this buck breaking well probably a great in fact that does sound like a fantastic way of describing it because that's exactly what she's done with harry give up your social life give up your family give up your guns give up your hobbies you know it's like bitch if you love someone you don't ask them to give up everything about their life give up your family and your hobbies and your friends you don't ask that you know you're, you're also, there to, to do something to them there. she also went after a guy bug breaking is perfect because she went phrase. after a guy who was a bad boy who was disgusting yeah. who was like seen Dressed in like strip club being, being, he was just kind of, he was the gross brother. Um, yeah. And she went after somebody who, despite being unattractive by like most women's standards, um, he was uh, kind of gross. Like he was caught in strip clubs all the time. He was having, from what I, allegedly, <laughs> we, uh, we have to be careful in the show, but allegedly he was just kind of a gross guy. And it's like, mm. she, she picked up the nasty guy and tried to, fix him i guess but not not in the conventional like okay i want to make you a family man she's going to rip she's him, to break him i think that's i think that's a good way of putting it try to bend him to her will 
and you can see Harry has just completely collapsed and he always looks sad in public and it's like right okay I mean if I if I just had a friend who whenever I was around them they just looked sad and every photo of me and this friend when we're hanging out is me looking happy and them looking sad I think it'd be valid for people to go what the hell is this guy doing in this friendship you know why I've said spend- the same thing if I, you know, if I had a husband or a boyfriend who in every photo, he looked like Harry, I've said the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, why? Well, because I know, but I've yeah. been, you know, I've yeah. been in relationships where the person just seems solemn. They seem melancholy, even though they're not, they're just flat, you know? Yeah. Um, and my husband can come across as being kind of sad and depressed sometimes, but he's not. So you just have to address it. You have to say, are you, are you okay? Cause you look sad in every photo. Or you look yeah. mad, something like that. So if I was her, I would definitely address it. So, well, the, but the thing but is, how the hell can she? How can yeah. she address that? But anyway, well, she's let's, created uh, let's... it though. Exactly. She's, she's made him that way because he. If yeah. you look at the photos of him from before, and other, this is where the buck breaking thing comes. If you look at his history, he seemed oh, yeah. to be kind of like a happy playboy. Yep. And it's not about being married, and it's not about being a family man. Now, I think it comes down to the woman that he chose or that chose him, and he couldn't say no to. So, yeah. but you want I mean, to move what, on LP to a new subject? Why, 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 why did he choose a woman that's like five years older than him? He's a fucking prince. He can literally have any woman, really. You know, it's and and then for her, like, oh, I'm a I'm a feminist, therefore I'm going to marry a prince. Well, oh, yeah, look, this might not be popular feminism. opinion, but I'll say it: Meghan Markle is hot. She's good. No, looking, I think she's it? attractive. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, no! I think I think a lot of people think she's attractive. She looks a little dried up because she wears because the kind of makeup she's wearing in the winter time in the UK. Yeah. And I know that I was in the UK a couple of years ago. It f's with your skin. I was there for Christmas. God, we've been on lockdown a long time. All right, <laughs> like, it seems like it was two months ago. All right, that anyway, but yeah, the, she's attractive, uh, and everyone agrees. Section of the show. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to the last story I wanted to look at here. Uh, this is a school in Australia that was during an assembly got onto the topic somehow of sexual assault and then made all the boys stand up and apologize on behalf of their gender. So, I mean, this is kind of similar to the last story, which is it's kind of a no brainer that this is this is like fucked up that this is happening. But I don't know. You got some kind of analysis for a Sargon. What do you what do you think about this? I, I think we should continue this trend and make everyone apologize for various aspects of themselves uh, and the, the class of people to which they belong. Uh, I, I think that everyone should be forced to do it on a daily basis until I have, it becomes so fucking insufferable that uh, we have to agree that a different way has to be possible. Yeah. I've, I've said many times we should just cancel everything and start over. Just cancel it all. Everything's canceled. <laughs> yeah. Everything's canceled. I'm at that point. Yes. I'm at that point. Yeah. Cancel you know, obviously this is deeply humane and I would probably say a form of child abuse. Yeah. And it's contrasted against a story we looked at a couple of weeks ago out of China where they're like, like actively having like masculinity training mm. for their boys, which I think is like a lot better approach, right? The the old school kind of approach of like you, you go to Boy Scouts or whatever it is, you have a male role model. He takes you camping, you know, you do boy stuff, you know, that right athletics and all mm-hmm. that, like, boys need that kind of thing in their life but instead of sort of encouraging that we're saying well you got to let girls into the club now you got to have women leading the club 
this and that and, it, and you know all the teachers are women and it's like you know where's the where's the male role models for young men these days yeah. i i do understand i was a tomboy when i was younger and i know there were exceptions made for me that i could you know i did robotics for years carl um i worked i, I did welding and but i was always kind of given a little bit of a pass but i also never flaunted feminism i never i never made anything about my gender i just kind of acted like other people so that was one of the other issues, just real quick, is women complain about sexism in all male environments. In the very beginning, they might make a comment, but once you kind of prove that you're kind of just there because you're there for the thing, like you're mm. you're not signing up for an automotive class to be around guys, you're signing up because you're interested in cars. I think at that point, it kind of fades away. And then the one or two stragglers that continue to make comments get beat down by the other guys. Um, so I kind of think it self-regulates. I. I really don't like the idea of just mixing the genders and all of these because little and you can get into the argument about trans kids. I don't even know where I stand on that right now. But but I think that we need to have a separation of the sexes when they're young. I think that there's a lot of important things that boys learn and girls learn separate from one another. And I think that's important. I think it's really I, important I apologize to have times and places where they're separate. But I don't think having them separate uh, all the time would be very healthy. No, no, it's actually that's, good for them to socialize. What I meant was like these sorts of things. Yeah, like yeah. Um, Girl Scouts being all girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in the name, you know. <laughs> but they can have other things that are mixed as well. Like sure. they can have they can have this is for boys, this is for girls. Yeah, and I'm okay with separating yeah. autistic kids because I know that they can be kind of a challenge in their own. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine his wife runs a bunch of autistic kind of community things in Louisiana. And so I'm okay with separating out like um, certain groups based on those things, not based on race or gender as well. I mean, like, I, um, I've got no problem with like, uh, you know, boy scouts having boys in girl scouts, having girls in. Uh, and then, you know, but I, I, you know, go to a mixed school, you know, like I don't see why yeah. you'd, you'd gender segregate schools. Um, I, th I think it's healthy for them to learn what women and girls are like, you know, as a part of their life as they grow up. Cool. Uh, yeah, well, let's go through some super chats here and we'll wrap it up. Um, I'm not, we appreciate everybody sending in the donations. I'm just going to read the actual, like, legitimate comments and questions. So any troll stuff, I'm not going to read. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, so one day, no reason sent us five pounds and says LP, please have Emily Yukis on and to Sargon. Why did the Lindy beige interview fall through? And why does your wife let you wear short sleeved shirts? Uh, so I'll answer first. I, Emily Yukis, I might be open to it, but from all the only thing I know about her, is she was like JF's host for a little while and he had to get rid of her because she couldn't stop breaking the rules. So that's a red flag to me, but go Go ahead, Sarga. Why did the Lindy Beige interview fall through? I have only interviewed Lindy Beige once, and it was about three years ago, something like that, and we had the interview. We talked about Hannibal. Um, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. I don't even know who Lindy Beige is. is that... Oh, he's a YouTuber. He's really good. He, he does just historical videos, really. Uh, you know, he just talks about history, and uh, I'm a big fan of history, so I was really pleased to be able to talk to him about something like Hannibal. Um, but I haven't tried to interview him since not that i'm against the idea i'd be more than happy to interview him again uh just uh, at least to my knowledge i haven't i don't don't recall ever doing so if it's just a uh, somebody missed missed yeah. the video is Maybe. it still uh public on your channel 
Yeah, I believe so. I believe it's on the, my old Sargon of a Cad live channel. I haven't used for a long okay. time. Yeah. Uh, but I believe it's there. All right, Zero Depressive sent us 25 Ron and says, I will never D-picks. Is this an American thing? I mean, I've never gotten a D-pick personally, but Annika, do you want to speak to that? Um, I I don't get them unsolicited. I'm married, so, um, and I just, I don't, I don't interact with the kind of people that would send one. I think years ago I've had a few, but they were, they were never like, they were never like intended for me. That's kind a, of thing. That's like, kind of interesting. Guy. Cause I was always under the impression that this was like an epidemic on the internet. No, I don't, you, you have to put yourself in a place. Like, like I said, like, um, I've like, I've had the whole wrong number thing before. Um, but I don't associate with the kind of people that I like, I don't know where you would get a dick pic. Just like somebody told me it's so easy to get stolen guns in America. I'm like, where? Like, I, I don't associate with the kind of people that sell stolen guns. So for the same thing with the dick pics, I don't know who I know that would send it to me. So, and, I, and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> I don't want those. All right. Uh, and Zero Depressive sent another 25 Ron and said, porn creates jobs, lots of jobs. That's technically true. I mean, I think if we legalized heroin and had a heroin industry, that would also create That'd be jobs. loads of jobs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Gabe the Dizzle sends five bucks and says, cooming into a sock and avoiding all human contact isn't aspirational. Have you met modern women? My 2D love pillow has more depth than cluster B. Good point. And I didn't say that modern women were anything to write home about. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, if you want to be a better man, uh, cooming into a sock on the daily is not the aspirational model. Lord yeah, of the but Nerds. I'd rather you do that than produce more uh, <laughs> more problems in our society, I should say. Lord Maybe of the Nerds sent us two bucks and says, thoughts on Adam friended, friended wanting kids to vote? He's an idiot. Don't listen From For what I've garnered from his Twitter, no, he, thinks that, he thinks that anybody should be able to vote and that no. the world affects them. And no. that, that it, he, I think he, he equated it to slavery, basically. If you're if I'm you going under to a talk to Adam. Say, <laughs> uh, well, Adam, I, on this, Adam is an idiot. And I'll say that yeah. to his face. I'll, I'll I, I love Adam. Don't get me wrong. But like, that's oh, yeah, that's a bizarre no, awesome. perspective. Yeah, but no. Kids can't vote. Yeah, I, yeah. I sort of understand the principle, but I mean, this is you, this is what happens when you detach pragmatism. You know, when yeah. you detach like your views from realities, you wind up with. I, like I think this. you should be thirty to vote now. In, <laughs> in, in fact, should be since, thirty. Since you've mentioned it, everyone do me a favor and tweet at Short Fat Otaku on Twitter and ask him if chimps should be able to vote. The sexy chimps, if they can consent to <laughs> I sex, tried to find can him. they consent to voting? <laughs> I thought you said short fat taco. Now it's no. short o taco. Yeah, SFO. Do you know? Uh, I don't know what his Twitter is, is. Annika. Hold on. <laughs> Forget it. Kodaku. Hold on. All right. Miles. Oh, somebody DM'd me real quick. Honey Badger. I was on their thing. DM'd me and mentioned that the David Dorn, uh, David Dorn video went viral because of social media. And it wasn't allowed. Do you guys know about that? That's just a quick little aside. I didn't know that. I don't know about that, right. but. Yeah, th anyway. things that are against the sort of progressive narrative tend to struggle that's, more than, yeah, that's exactly than things that reinforce said. it. Uh, mm -hmm. All right. Uh, 
One day, no reason, sent five pounds again. Thanks so much. Says Sargon, debate with Vosh when. Also, come hawking with me. I got three trained Harris hawks and I live one county over from you. Hey, that sounds awesome. But um, I've debated Vosh like three times. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy have. to yeah, debate I... him again. Don't get me wrong. It's just strange that it's like, oh, why, why won't you debate this person? <laughs> How many times, you know, but I mean, I'm happy to actually, because Vosch has got some amazing public positions. I, like, I've, I've honestly never seen someone be so pro child porn before. Like I've just never seen it. Like no one has ever given me a reason why child porn should be illegal. It's like, what? Like, where do you I've never seen someone be so pu public about it and still not be arrested yeah. Yeah. for child porn. Check yeah. his fucking hard drives. Or just get Why canceled, is he advocating you know? this? He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, fine. The left doesn't care about kids, and so they're not going to cancel him. Okay, fine. But surely the FBI must have a few questions for yeah, him. Very he's least. turning himself over. Yeah. Essentially, isn't he? You know, like, how is he not? Yeah, we love we love Vosh. Shout out to Vosh. All right. Miles Kinslow sends five bucks and says, Hey guys, just saw the Biden press conference. I still think Biden is as confused as a gay man's sperm trying to find an egg. Love the work. Uh Glowy sends three bucks and says, Why is bestiality wrong? Answer it degenerate people who do it are mentally unstable or have issues that should be addressed and final reason it's the same reason we don't eat bats disease spreads ah, those, those hang on hang on hang on that's just hang common on. sense arguments right the, oh God, those Carl, aren't going to satisfy a, philo a philosophy <laughs> no, no, student no, no. but they're but all the, true the problem is the problem <laughs> with what they've just said there is if it can turn out to be shown that it's actually not uh, in some way harmful to humans to have sex with an animal, then the argument that it, it's bad for you goes away. And that's not good. You don't want that to be the case. What you want is something that is definitional. Uh, and so in the act of having sex with a non-human, that itself is an immoral act, right? That's, yeah. what I would, that, that's how I think we should be framing it. We need to draw and, a line somewhere. Exactly. And so it becomes in the uh, relationship, like the, the definition of a relationship that a human has with like their pet or something, it's definitionally asexual. That's how we should be looking at this. Dev. Yeah, I, so I agree with you, but I will say in, in Glowy's defense, they started off by saying it's degenerate for one, which kind of, kind of covers that, I, I'd say. Uh, then they sent another two But it doesn't explain it. It doesn't explain the, it properly. No, you don't have to explain it. This is like where <laughs> people say, where's your peer-reviewed study? And you just punch them in the face at that point. Ah, but, uh, I'm joking, obviously. Yeah, but. No, but you've got them already. <laughs> if you define it, you say, well, no, I define a relationship between mother and child as non-sexual. How do you define it leftist? Like, you've got them. You don't need a goddamn study, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good, good argument, mm. I think. Uh, Glory sends two bucks again. Says morals should be social rules that bring about prosperity, even if you don't like them. You may not want to submit to them because you're an oddist and want clear, planned out reason. But in reality, you're probably just being a rebellious child. I mean, that's true. That's what morals are. Uh, the the problem is that you get leftists who claim to have a moral system of their own, and that moral system is permissive of kids watching gay pride parades. So. Yep. Uh, Praxis Seizure sends three bucks and says ideological police is called militia and it's what police was replaced with in every communist state. The appearance of militia means your state is over, maybe. And then he's got a Twitter link. 
isn't sex really but i can't load the twitter link from from here but um thoughts on militia i don't personally think militias are inherently bad but it kind of i'm kind of getting no it from I, the... I think what he means is something like the matawa which are the police of vice and virtue which are kind of like morality police uh, right. in arab countries um and he i mean I he is like right that's yeah. what they are and we shouldn't the police, have those. It, they've been uh coined like the thought police type like yeah. situation you mean like no porn. I mean, they literally are the thought police. Yeah. The thing is, is you don't need to go to that length if people are just willing to, if we just have strong social stigmas around this stuff. You know, this is what I've sure. been saying. I don't know how you can actually make it happen. You just have to try to convince everybody to say, hey, this is why I just say, like, call it out. Say, look, I don't approve of that. I think that's wrong. You know, if and if enough people come on board with that, that will kind of contain the problem down to reasonable levels, right? You're never going to mm. completely wipe out degeneracy, but you just don't want it running rampant. That's my my view. Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah, that's been my view. Too, uh, is that- Yoshi guy, thirty five cents, five bucks. LP, have you ever considered debating short fat otaku? Uh, I haven't, but I, I guess I'd be willing to. Like, it's kind of. It'd be like on the same sort of topics, like his porn free speech and stuff like that. I, he likes, he's like, I don't know, the all the hentai and stuff like that. Like I, I could, but I kind of said, you know, it's not, it's not really a complicated topic. I think we kind of laid out our views being Sargon. I don't mm. know that Devin's views would be that much different. So, but well, I, I mean, if I, he, if I, he feels I, I, like I would, it's something he wants to do, he can get in touch with I'll, me. I'll message him, man. I'd like, you know. <laughs> How do you spell otaku? O T A K U. I think. I think he might have got banned on Twitter and had to like make a new Twitter. I'm not. So I'm not sure what his handle is. Uh, Lord of the Nerds sent five bucks and said, "Sargon, if relationships are definitionally defined as you suggest, does that mean?" Uh, i had to stop and read that but i think it's okay so does that mean your wife will never play daddy games with you in the bedroom well i mean you could say it's improper for her to do so um but that might be part of the fun of it yeah and i mean i don't think that role playing privately Right. There, there's a lot to be said for shit just staying in the bedroom. Then we wouldn't even be having to sure. have this conversation, right? If we don't know what other people yeah. do. Problem is, the internet yeah. came along and everybody decided they should blast out their fetishes onto the public space. Yeah. And, and then everybody else said, yeah, and you're not allowed to judge that. Don't kink shame, well, bro. And I said this during the David Silverman interview a long time ago when you guys are very much, well, not Carl, but LP and uh, the rest of chat was very much anti-BDSM. Um, and I think between consenting adults, um, you do get in, you do attract some kind of people that can ruin your entire life. And um, that's a whole nother conversation, but I, I'm not against things like that. I just don't want to be scrolling my Twitter timeline and see ball gags and such. So I don't need that in the public place. Yeah. Again, but, I just have to say, no, I don't, no, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think if you're like, Oh, I want to be choked during sex and stuff like that. Like, you don't have to agree with this, but I think that that speaks to some kind of 
problem. I think it depends on the end. Well, you can say that. You can say that you think that person, LP, you can say that. You can have that opinion. I don't care how many sex positive psychologists do their studies and tell me that it's normal. Okay. Um, I don't think The one that I disagree with a lot (laughs) is the, um, and I don't want to go, we're going to have to have you back on, Carl, for these subjects. Sure. uh, I'll come up with, but one of the ones. Enjoying the conversation. Yeah, one of the ones was when people say there's no such thing as sex addiction. And you'll have sexual psychologists say there's no such thing as sex addiction. And I think that was a tape um, that came out this week after the whole Yeah, no, Atlanta, the thing is, the, the, the it's the same with, with any other addiction that causes, if you get flooded with hormones and chemicals in your body when you have an orgasm or when you're aroused, that you can very much get addicted to that feeling. Those are chemicals in your body. That's. I mean, cocaine is similar to, and heroin are both very similar to chemicals that your body produces when you're happy or, you know, sexually aroused. I, I don't know exactly the sexual arousal one, but um, I know that illicit drugs that we've criminalized, yet we can say that it's not addictive to have sex all the time. Then how are there people that can ruin their relationships and their jobs and their families? They can lose everything because they're addicted to sex or porn. Um, so you can't say that it's not addictive. That's not to say that everyone that jerks off is an addict. Yeah, anything that gives you dopamine can be addicting. I don't think that's very controversial. All right, we had a hot- It is take. very controversial. We, we had a spicy- that, well, That's a very not, controversial- I mean, in this room, between us okay. three, I don't think that, right? No. Uh, we had a, a, a hot question come in for Carl here. It's okay to mm-hmm. be a nationalist, asks, is Carl wanting to send a letter to the migrants asking them not to come? Does he think his child will be safe in 2066 when Brits become a minority? I think it's definitely a way of doing it. Uh, this is, it seems to be the, the opposite has happened with Joe Biden, where the, the letter, the message that's been sent to people in foreign countries is Joe Biden will just let you into the US and therefore loads of them have come. Mm-hmm. Whereas when and, and the migrants themselves have said this, they wouldn't have come under Trump because the message that Trump was sending out was don't come. I don't want you here and I'm not going to let you in uh, because people are thinking beings and they're acting in their own interest. And if they're under the impression that I mean, like for the, the reason that the migrant crisis, they didn't go east. They only came west. Right. It's because they knew in the east they weren't going to get handouts. They're not going to get German taxpayer money or British taxpayer money if they come if they went to China or something. They're right. going to get oppressed and genocided, probably. So they didn't go that way uh, because they're not stupid. You know, they're acting in their self-interest. And so if they have the impression that, well, we're just going to be kicked out of the West or whatever, then we won't come, then they wouldn't come. And we, we can see the proof of the pudding already. So, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. There, there is still something to be said for the fact that when you, when people are polled on this, the the people of these countries, America, the UK, don't want mass immigration. No. And but it's still happening, no matter what party gets, no matter so. Uh, Im- immigrants, the immigrants from those countries. I got in an argument. Uh, I was I got in an argument recently on Clubhouse saying I was pro open borders. Just just to throw the grenade in the room and the immigrants from like Brazil and Mexico were the loudest anti open borders people. Uh, immigrants to America are very much anti open borders because they they came here because they wanted to be in America. They didn't come here so that they would be in their own, own hmm. 
country. And a lot of them recognize that it's not just the governments that, that make us a different nation. It's the people. So what? I mean, uh, there, there, there are lots of, there are actually a lot of Muslims in Britain who came to Britain because they were trying to escape Islam. Right. Uh, and you can imagine how thrilled they are that we end yep. up with like loads of new yep. Pakistans everywhere. They're, they're just like, Ugh. Sweden, the same. They interviewed a yeah, bunch of a bunch of Swedish immigrants who moved to Sweden to get away from all that. And they said that the other problem that it faces is when they see um, they see that people that look like them are the ones that are perpetuating all the sex crimes and they themselves are. They just keep to themselves. And it's it bothers them a lot. I think it was either BBC or Guardian did a video on it. This was some years ago um, that they're yeah, they're the ones that are most against um, mm. bringing Islamists into their new home country. So, yeah. And by that definition, I think that they should be allowed to stay. I mean, if they've taken on Swedish ideals, you know, with, with limitations, clearly, I don't think it should be open to everyone. But yeah, with Sweden, if they become part of the culture that they've moved into, then I, I don't really have a problem with, like, say, actual asylum seekers. Um. Yeah, it's a, immigration is a really tough topic to tackle, uh, and we're kind of running low on time. I need to, I do need to wrap this up, but I, it, I wanted to ask Sargon, and this is like just genuine curiosity. What do you think of the approach of like patriotic alternative in the UK? Do you? Th I don't see that personally as like gaining enough traction to make a difference. But what are your thoughts on what they're doing? Well, they seem to be led by an actual Nazi, and I don't actually like Nazis, so I don't support them. Yeah, I'd say that's kind of my take on it, too. <laughs> but I, putting that aside, their actual platform of like, we're going, They're not going to get anywhere. We're going to repay. No. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. They're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. But so what, like, like for somebody who wants to feel some kind of white pill on the migration mm. system. What, what, what is there? Do you have anything? Cause democracy isn't getting the job done. <laughs> like, why would you, why would you think I've got a white pill when it comes to, we're currently going through the census, the 2021 census, uh, because all, all of the, uh, all of the data that we have, you know, oh yeah, that's going to be, that's gonna be interesting. Oh dude, it's going to be a fucking bloodbath because like, like it's, it's so widespread, like Birmingham, uh, in, in 2018, the Birmingham council has like, you know, sort of like a proto census where they, they, uh, can tell you what the ethnicity of the school children are. And you can probably extrapolate from that, what the ethnicity of the families are. Uh, and it turns out that only one third of Birmingham school children are English. And so it's like, right. So that's Britain's biggest city and capital, London, being minority English in 2011. It's 44%, something like that. It's going to be probably about 35%, something like that, I think, now, if not lower, though, to be honest. They, and do then, they do it's, the well, hang, then, then it's England's second largest city, which is Birmingham, is also minority English. And so, like, if you, you go back and watch Enoch Powell talking about these things, he will say things like, well, it's on track that Birmingham will become one third minority by 2020 or whatever his, his number is. And you had like someone on the other side, like Jonathan Miller or whoever was like, no, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. It's like, well, now it's one third English, not one third minority, one third English. Like, you know, the, the Jonathan Miller position in there was wrong, but the Enoch Powell position was also wrong because they were totally underestimating how much immigration would occur. So, well, yeah, and there's like a snowball effect to it too, a little bit. 
Uh, well, I, I've looked. I've looked into the uh, immigration statistics pretty extensively, and almost all of the population growth is coming from immigration. Uh, people are worried about breeding rates, and it's like yes, but no, because I mean, a this takes generations and generations to really have a lasting effect. Whereas every year we have hundred, literally like six hundred thousand new people arrive. So, like, I mean, if you were we we have a net inflow. But there is also an outflow of about 150,000 non-Europeans who leave Britain every year. It's just that we have like 600,000 non-Europeans coming in or whatever it is. Uh, and so if we were to reduce the inflow to, you know, into the tens of thousands, as the Conservatives always uh, say they're going to but never do, you would see a net outflow of non-Europeans in Britain just leaving of their own accord because for whatever reasons and so i think that is probably the best option that is the most likely to happen uh but i don't think it's likely to happen that's the problem i think the conservatives are just going to keep on with the how do they policies. how do they support those people i know we could talk all day but it's how never do they spoken I mean, about it's never spoken about so like council housing so they just oh they're just like they, we're going to build four hundred thousand new council i've houses. heard i've actually seen that yeah where they yeah. said that they were going to build a lot more but, council housing and it's but, not, but, but somebody not has to pay the taxes for that the the, Eng the English birth rate is 1.7, so it's not building new houses for all of the booming English population. It's yeah. non-English population that are moving yeah. to England who we are building these houses for. So we're building houses for foreigners who aren't even here yet. It's like, why the yeah. fuck are we doing this? You know, how about they don't come and we don't use my tax money on houses for them? That would be do do a much more sensible thing. Do you think, because that's what they do here in America, they, they're very explicit about it in America, that they want to bring um, illegal immigrants over the border, they want to mm -hmm. give them citizenship, and they're very transparent about it, that they want it, to it, give them the right to vote. However, Mexican uh, people from Mexico tend to fall a lot more socially uh, and culturally on the conservative side. Um, yeah, and I think the leftists here. think that they're all Latinx, they're all Latinx. It's the opposite here. It's the opposite yeah. Here. Uh, okay. Here, here, what it is, is we, we get millions of immigrants who are Muslim who vote for Labour because Labour is the party okay. of Islam in Britain. Uh, the, okay. the Sikhs, the, the Hindus and the Jews overwhelmingly vote Conservative, uh, but we, also, we get millions and millions of migrants who are Muslims from Pakistan and Bangladesh who vote Labour. And the, you can see that there's very clearly this ethnic divide here uh, that's disturbing i mean it's like 96 percent of the muslim vote something like that goes to labor so it's it's really disturbing and it's weird that the conservatives are just fine with an open border policy because these people do not vote for the conservative party you know the conservatives are not importing new voters so it's weird how they're okay with importing counter voters to conservatism is it just Unless, corporate I guess they, they're trying lobbyists to, or i have I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, because I could see I if they wanted no to lower the cost of labor, like actual labor, not the party. Because um, I know they do that here as well. That's yeah. one of the issues they said. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Joe Biden, uh, they had recently voted whether or not they should raise the minimum wage here to $15. And mm -hmm. that would that would create a, a much more um, healthy kind of undercurrent of uh, low wage labor. If they were to raise that, because now you can hire people in America, you can hire people for four dollars an hour cash. Yeah. Like they don't speak a word of English. But yeah, mm -hmm. that happens a lot, especially with lawn care, anything where they're not required to interact with the customer. We do yeah, that yeah. Uh, if they work in a kitchen, they can make three dollars an hour. 
So. Well, in in Britain we have uh, actual slavery. Uh, in Leicester recently, yeah. it was we revealed it well. that but one in one in ten people in Leicester was a slave. Apparently, That's uh, Google it. Google it. Yeah, we have that here in Texas. Sl- in, Muslim in slave factory yeah. that was found in Leicester. Right. Uh, obviously, yeah. la- Labour Party area, obviously, which is our equivalent of your Democrats. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's exactly as bad as you'd expect. And uh, we have that uh, here, but it's not happens. one in ten. Okay. Uh, but it's usually like people from over the border. Okay, uh, I do need to wrap this up. Uh, so mm-hmm. I got one last super chat from my boy Fire Rises. He's he's demanding I read it, and then we'll go to plugs, and then we'll we'll definitely want to have Sargon on again sometime. He says Sargon, you should have Nick Fuentes on your podcast. You two would get along well, I promise. I would be call me a Zionist shill. So uh, I don't think I can. Sorry, you're going <laughs> to insult Israel like that, Nick. <laughs> There you go. Okay, so Sargon, uh, thank you so much. That you know that flew by so fast, and we, we would love to have you on again sometime. Why don't you let people watch? I know everybody already is familiar, but do, do let them know whatever you want to know. <laughs> let them know. Um, well, thanks a lot for having me on. I've had a really good time. Um, I run. I apologize po- for being late. That's, that's all right. Don't worry. It's, you know, happens. Um, I, if you, if you want to find more from me, I do a daily podcast called the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, uh, which is just on YouTube and everywhere else. So, um, you can find me there. All right, there you go. And I did put a link to the Lotus Eaters YouTube channel in the description for anybody who, uh, isn't subscribed. You can find it there. All right. Uh, thanks everybody. Thanks for watching. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, BitLevix. Remember to use the link in the description to sign up and get that bonus on your first deposit. And we will leave it there. Catch you all on the flip side. Peace out.